Welcome, Welcome to, to Mistakes, Mistakes Make Magic, a podcast dedicated to embracing imperfection and pursuing your passion. Here is your host, photographer and entrepreneur, Katherine Guidry. I am thrilled to tell you about our sponsors. These are companies that I have chosen to share because I believe in them and know they can help you and your business. Mistakes Make Magic is brought to you by Black River Imaging. Black River Imaging is a print lab used by both professional photographers and non-professionals to print their photos. They specialize in handcrafted albums, custom gifts and stationery, and they're offering 20% off your purchase using the code MAGIC. Also sponsoring the podcast is Show It. This is the platform I use to build and launch my website and new branded WordPress blog. Their super easy drag and drop side-by-side builder for desktop and mobile allows you to execute your own personal vision. Show It is offering 10% off your subscription using the code MAGIC. Without any further ado, the newest episode of Mistakes Make Magic. Hi, friends. I am so looking forward to today's podcast episode. The idea of talking about money is definitely a scary one and something that I think we all want to avoid, but it is a reality of owning your own business. So you have your creative endeavor down. You are an incredible artist, a photographer, a writer, designer, architect, whatever it is that you are, you decided that you want to make this creative passion your means of income. You get all of your products and services mapped out in your mind, but then the question comes, how much does this cost? I can still remember my first client meeting. I'm going to call it a client meeting, but really my mom invited her friend and her engaged daughter over to my apartment, and we talked about her daughter's wedding and my wedding photography. Actually, I don't even know if I did wedding photography at that time. No, I didn't because it was my first client. So yes, that's right. My portfolio was really just made up of a compilation of photographs of my friends that I persuaded to um, let me photograph them. And I was showing her those pictures. And of course, the question came, how much do you charge? I still remember that feeling like it was yesterday. I was super nervous. I didn't want to respond, but I knew I had to. So I kind of did have an idea in my head. I think maybe I actually had written it down because I knew they were coming over. But I told her my pricing with a shaky voice and we kind of talked through some things and thankfully she accepted. So that was my first official wedding client. And no matter where you are on your creative journey, whether you are 10 years in or just starting out, I hope that today's podcast can help you speak more freely and with more confidence about your pricing. It really is always a bit uncomfortable, the topic of money, and that's why I wanted to address this today. If you have any ideas or thoughts on this topic, please feel free to reach out to me via email. It's Catherine at CatherineGidry.com. Or you can direct message me on Instagram or Facebook. I seriously love hearing from you guys. That has been one of the coolest parts of doing this podcast is just seeing you guys like post about it and reach out. It's truly been so much fun. So thanks. The first tip that I'm going to give for today's episode is to never say the numbers out loud. That's one thing that I just admitted that I did in my first meeting, but I didn't know it was a big deal. And if you've ever purchased a vehicle, then you know the drill. They discuss with you the vehicle and 
the value of it. And when it comes time for them to deliver a price, they slide you the pricing sheet or the price adjustment written down on a sheet of paper across the wooden desk. Maybe you don't have a desk or maybe you're not even meeting in person with your clients. But when it comes to delivering pricing, do me a favor and don't say it out loud. If it's in person, have your pricing written down on a designed, nice sheet of paper, printed for them to review. I have potential clients even calling pretty often to ask for pricing information. And that was one of the things I found pretty difficult to navigate early on. One of the biggest mistakes that I used to do is I felt like if someone called me over the phone that I had to give them my pricing over the phone as well. But that's just not true. In fact, I had someone call just this week. They had seen my information in the Locals Love Us magazine. And so they got my phone number, I'm assuming online or from a friend, and they called me. So what I did was I, you know, allowed him to introduce himself. And right out the gate, he did ask for my prices. So I just responded. I told him congratulations and how excited I was. And I was very thankful for him calling. I inquired about his date in the venue. And once I gathered that information, I told him that I would be sending more detailed pricing to him via email. So I asked for his email address. If someone pushes for me to give them pricing over the phone, I simply say that the prices are really just dependent on what they want. And rather than misquoting them over the phone, that I would love to instead send them the full pricing guide for them to review. And I have never had anyone ask a third time or really push me beyond that. When prices are written down, not only is there a more professional feel and a finality to it rather than a spoken word, but there's also less room for negotiation. I think when you talk about money over the phone, there's more potential for back and forth. Whereas if it's written down and it's designed and it looks like there was lots of thought put into it, people are less likely to ask or try to negotiate that. The next tip that we're going to talk about is talking less about pricing and more about value. This is not sneaky or uh, I don't even know the word, but I feel like even just the sentence, talk less about pricing and more about value, it sounds kind of, eh. But you know, when you're in a client meeting, the topic of budget, it will come up. Whether it's said out loud or thought about in the back of a client's mind, Everybody has a budget. I mean, even people who don't have a budget, they still have a pretty good idea of what they would like to spend. So your job as the artist and the business owner, and ultimately the sales representative, if you are conducting your own sales sessions, is to talk more about the value of what they are purchasing than the price. Keep in mind that everyone wants to know what they are going to be receiving in exchange for that financial investment. It used to be, When someone brought up budget for me, I would chat in detail about how much things cost. So for example, they would say, you know, I want to spend this amount of money. And my response to that would be, okay, well, you know, this costs this and this costs this. And I guess that would put you right around where you need to be. Although I still acknowledge people's budgets, I am now phrasing conversations around what it is that they want. I think sometimes people just either don't know what things cost or really don't know what their budget is until they get in a position of figuring out what they value. I mean, even for our own wedding, I thought going in that I wanted to spend so much money on my dress. And when it came down to my budget and what I valued, I actually spent less on my wedding dress and more on things like my wedding photography and my wedding videography. 
Sometimes doing this results in better sales and sometimes this doesn't, but I am okay with that. My goal as a business owner is to figure out what is going to make them happy. And I think that by really honoring their feelings and their intentions, you're probably going to end up with clients who are really happy with what they spent and not feeling that buyer's remorse. If they are saying that they want to spend a certain amount of money and what they want is less than that amount, so be it. But oftentimes, people do spend more than what they initially wanted to because they're beginning to understand the value of what they're purchasing. So I was trying to think of an example to give you guys, and I decided to use the digital files from a wedding as my example. So everyone knows what digital files are. You know, we're in a digital era. A photo on an iPhone is a digital file. A photo from a DSLR is a digital file. Realistically, a digital file of an image is essentially free. It doesn't technically cost anything to reproduce a digital file. However, there's a lot of value to this product in the photography industry. Personally, I do not give these away. I sell them as an add-on. And as a result, it's my job to educate the client on what they're purchasing. Without knowing these details, they may not understand why or want to pay for them. So maybe their question might be something like, the digital files, you know, if I'm understanding these are X amount to purchase, don't these come as a result of photographing the event? To which I respond, what you are paying for in the collection that I provide is the service of the photography and you can purchase any product that you would like for you to enjoy the images. You can purchase albums, you can purchase prints, or you can purchase the digital files. The perks of the digital files are your ability to archive the images, no matter what happens to me in the future. Contractually, I am obligated to hold on to your digital files for a year, but the digital files, if purchased, give you the ability to hold on to those forever. You can print these at your leisure with the print release. So if you want to gift your loved one with a framed print or upload your images to social media, you can do so with the digital files. I also make my online galleries downloadable if you purchase the digital images so your friends and family can download these as well. So what I've done in that situation is I've explained to the client what they're purchasing by buying the digital files. I've shown them the value of what they're investing in. And now that I've explained the value of this product, don't you feel like someone would be much more inclined to purchase it than if they didn't know that? The same goes for anything that someone buys. I was discussing this podcast with a friend and she said something like, well, I mean, that's different from like buying milk, but it's really not. I mean, if I was a milk salesman or, you know, selling milk to people, I wouldn't just be selling a gallon of milk that costs $4. I would be selling a fresh liquid that would taste good. It nourishes your body with vitamins. It builds your bones with calcium. Plus, it's super good with Oreos and peanut butter and jelly. You understand? It's about someone understanding what they are buying. Maybe that's a silly example, but I was just trying to think of something that maybe we all buy on a daily basis. The next tip that I'm going to talk about is being confident in your pricing. I could literally cringe at the feeling that I had in the pit of my stomach when I first opened my office. 
Pricing was the hardest thing for me because I'm really not a pushy salesperson. I would rather people be happy and not regret their decisions. So I'm not even kidding. I've told clients in the past things like I'm sensing uncertainty from them and they say they're ready to book. I will tell them, think about it. And when you're absolutely certain, let me know. Look around. If you still feel like you want to work together, I'm here. I just don't want, and you shouldn't either, people to feel buyer's remorse over what you're selling. This could be seen as me being the worst salesperson ever. And in a way, it is bad sales because in sales, they talk about closing the sales. But at the same time, I think people will be happier with what they're buying if they feel that confidence. I want them to be confident in their decision and as a result, I need to be confident in mine. So when you are structuring your pricing, you need to create a pricing structure that you believe in. I could honestly do an entirely separate podcast, which I'm sure I will at some point, on how to price yourself. But a few things that you should do in order to price yourself or know what you are spending money on, so know your pricing, know what you need to make, In order to make a living, including understanding your taxation, you need to be aware of your skill level and familiarize yourself with the market. This type of research will help you price yourself and in turn you will feel more confident knowing why you priced yourself the way that you did. I was super quick early on to offer discounts. I used to doubt myself because I just didn't believe in my pricing structure. But now if someone feels that my pricing is not a fit for them, It's okay because I know what I offer. I know the market. I understand the taxation on my income. I know what I need to make to make a living in order to keep doing this. And I am aware of my skill level and the experience that I provide. But ultimately, you have to start somewhere. If you feel that you're too expensive and you're not booking anything, you probably need to adjust your prices. And vice versa. If everyone is booking you and saying things like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe how affordable you were that may be a sign that you're not priced appropriately for your market. Pricing is one of the trickiest parts of running a business, but the more you know, the better off you will be. Provide detailed descriptions and product imagery. If you're selling anything in an online capacity, this tip is definitely for you. But even if you're service-based and sending out pricing digitally before someone meets with you in person, this one is also for you. The more detailed descriptions and the more product imagery you can provide, the less questions potential clients will have and the easier that it'll be for them to decide whether or not they will invest. I think it was Ashlyn Carter's podcast episode number five. She talked about how when people are deciding whether or not to buy, they are really just not not deciding or essentially procrastinating. Make the information that you are providing simple, clear, and easy to understand. On average, I would say I spend approximately 30 minutes to an hour for each of my initial consultations. By the time it gets to that point, I want my clients to be at 95% knowing that they want to work together. So in other words, I'm okay with 5% of those clients not booking, but when that percentage gets bigger than that, I know that I need to do a better job on the front end. By the time someone schedules that consultation, I want them to be A, looking for just that last bit of affirmation and B, asking me how to move forward. There was definitely a time where I was spending an hour or more with each potential inquiry 
answering questions, so many questions that I should have prepared on the front end, and probably a little under half were not booking. Since I really have honed into what I'm putting out online, everything from Instagram to Facebook to blogging, emails, and pricing, these things should all be so clear and branded that by the time you get on the phone, it's only for them to say, where do I sign? Try to get an idea of their budget. I know this can be an awkward question to ask someone, but as long as you are not asking it with ill intentions, find out what their budget is. And what I mean by asking it with ill intentions is that you don't want to ask someone what their budget is because you're planning to like rip them off or charge them more than you would charge other people. That's not fair. But I try to get their budget because This information can help guide our conversation and, again, help someone walk away feeling really good about their investment. I try to get this information as early as their initial questionnaire. Occasionally, I'll ask them again during our phone consultation because I do ultimately want to respect their budget. I mean, someone with a $100 budget for something is likely not going to spend $10,000, right? So it's good to be in the ballpark of where they are and, and meet them there. Knowing a potential client's budget gives you something to go off of. It's not to say that it can't change. In fact, oftentimes people do spend over their initial budget when they understand the value of what they're purchasing, as I discussed in the earlier point. But it is a good thing to know to help you in that sales process. If a client is not willing to share their budget, that's okay too. They may either not know what their budget is or where they should be, or just not want to share. And in that case, just move on. You can get a feel of where they are better by discussing what they are looking for in terms of value and final product instead of their actual budget. Stand behind what you believe in. One of the most common questions I get asked is if I will remove taxes in exchange for cash payments. So in other words, if a client pays me cash, will I not claim this money and in return give them a discount for that? The first time the question was asked of me, I remember inquiring about what they meant. I honestly didn't even understand the question, but I spoke in detail with my accountant and I realized that this wasn't for me. I'm not here to tell you how to run your business, whatever you decide to do and however you decide to do things. You just have to be okay with the ramifications of those decisions. If you are new to business, I did look up the definition and tax evasion is defined as the illegal evasion of taxes by individuals. It entails taxpayers deliberately misrepresenting the true state of their affairs to reduce their tax liability, such as declaring less income or profits or overstating their deductions. The guilty party is liable to fines and or imprisonment. At some point in your business, you will likely be asked some tough questions. The best thing you can do is be prepared for the questions and have a response already made out in your mind. When someone asks if they can pay cash for a discount, I just simply respond by letting them know that I accept cash, check, or credit card because they're all recorded as income and all forms of payment will require me to remit taxes. I unfortunately cannot provide discounts on the total. I've never had anyone push further. And if they did, I would just simply stand firm in my beliefs. Speaking of taxes, check with your local and state government for your tax laws. Lots of tax laws are different based on where you live, so it's a good idea to familiarize yourself with these by calling your local office. When someone asks for a discount, say you'll think about it. 
On this same thought of potential clients asking you to bend on your prices, you will, I can assure you, have clients ask for discounts. And you know what? I am 100% okay with this. I've definitely read lots of forums and threads where people complain about clients asking a discount, but it doesn't bother me. I've been reading lots of books on finances and listening to the Millennial Money Podcast, which, by the way, I highly recommend. And one of the things that Shauna talks about is that many millionaires actually negotiate prices. Prices for hotels, for rentals, even prices for everyday bills like cable and internet. So when someone asks me for a discount, I am honestly thinking, good for you. However, if you don't offer discounts, that's okay too. Everyone has to respect one another for their positions and beliefs. What I would suggest if you don't want to offer discounts is again to have that response prepared in your mind so that when someone does ask, you're not caught off guard and you sound confident in your response. I'm not going to lie about it. I have offered discounts in the past. Maybe client A's wedding is during a slow season. It has 20 people attending on a Tuesday. This is a very different job than client B with a 300-person wedding on a Saturday in October. If client A were to ask me for a discount, I would probably say yes. If client B asked me for a discount, I would politely say no. It is your business and you have the right to structure it the way that you want so long as you are not discriminating against things like race, age, or sex. Discounts are tough and it is absolutely okay to say that you want some time to think on it. I have without a doubt taken up to three days in the past to decide whether or not I would provide a discount or how to handle certain situations. The worst thing you can do is rush into responding and then regret your words. Just let them know, hey, I'm thinking about this right now. I will be sure to get back with you as soon as I can. Thank you so much for your patience. That way they know that you have received their email and that you are just taking some time to draft your response. Handle all conversations via email, including follow-up to phone conversations. If you already listened to podcast episode number three on how to handle your mistakes, then you know that I'm a big proponent of handling communication over the phone. Oftentimes, in the early stages of a booking, I am communicating with clients either via Skype or phone. Because things tend to get lost in the shuffle, I usually recap a conversation or simply make a note for myself once the phone call has ended. Today, for example, I had a client consult. We discussed over the phone what products and coverage she was interested in purchasing, and I told her that I would prepare a proposal for her. Immediately after I hung up the phone, I simply emailed myself a note of her name, date, and what she was looking for in the proposal. Even knowing that I was going to be putting together the information within probably a four to six hour window, it's just really easy to forget and get something wrong or miss something. So just make a note. Sometimes it can take a client up to six weeks to book or more. Depending on your business model, you know, you may have emailed with someone about something and then they get back to you a long time later, months or weeks. Think about how much goes on in your brain or their brain in such a long period of time. Taking notes or emailing recaps of your conversations is a great and necessary thing. The awesome thing about emailing them on the recap is that they also have the information. Today, for instance, I could have emailed the client and if I had, I would probably say something like this. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. I am really excited to put together your proposal. 
which you can expect in the next 24 or so hours. Based on our conversation, the proposal will include this, this, and this. If there are any additions that you would like to make, let me know. Otherwise, be on the lookout for my follow-up email with the details. Thanks so much, Catherine. Now, she and I both have a copy of the information, which I'm going to follow up with her in the next 24 or so hours. Know your prices by heart. I host lots of consults. They have taken place while driving, on a walk, or even at a location where I'm without a good internet connection. I would suggest familiarizing yourself with the pricing, so much so that if you had a meeting scheduled, you could talk about everything without even glancing at your pricing sheet. Not only will this make you sound more confident and knowledgeable, but it will also free you to do other things like go for a walk while you chat or drive and talk with a client over the phone. Being unsure of your pricing, even if it's simply not being sure of what's included, can make you sound unsure of what you are priced at. Make sense? You don't want someone to misinterpret your uncertainty as you being uncertain or doubtful about what you are charging. Know your prices and deliver them without skipping a beat. So to recap today's episode, never say the numbers out loud, talk less about pricing and more about value, be confident in your pricing, provide detailed descriptions and product imagery, try to get an idea of their budget, stand behind what you believe in, when someone asks for a discount, say you're going to think about it, record all conversations via email, and know your prices by heart. I hope this podcast has served as helpful to you. If you are loving what you're hearing, do me a favor and screenshot this episode to share on your Instagram or Facebook account. This podcast has truly been a labor of love and hearing from each of you makes all the effort so worthwhile. And remember, even in regards to pricing, you're probably gonna mess up, but don't stress because mistakes make magic. All links and equipment referenced in today's podcast can be found in the show notes at mistakesmakemagic.com. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to show your support, please take just a few seconds to leave a review on iTunes. This sort of small gesture helps me to keep bringing you great content. If you would like to follow along on my personal photo and entrepreneurial journey, you can find me online at katherinegidry.com. Thanks so much for listening.